0: Thanks for tuning in to the Revival Tabernacle Podcast. Wherever you may be listening from, we hope that this message encourages you in the unwavering, unconditional love of Jesus Christ. Join us as we reach sinners, raise believers, and release leaders. Please enjoy the message from the RT Pulpit. There's another poet that penned these words and you guys will see he says and I reminisce cause through the drama I could always depend on my mama and when it seems that I'm hopeless. You say the words that can get me back in focus. When I was sick as a little kid, you, to keep me happy, there was no limit to the things you did. And all my childhood memories are full of all the sweetest things you did for me. There are no words that can express how I feel. You never kept a secret. You always kept it real. And I appreciate how you raised me and all the extra love that you Y'all know what I'm talking about. Y'all know what I'm talking about. I wish that I could take the pain away. If you can make it through the night, there's a brighter day. Everything will be all right if you hold on. The struggle every day got a roll on, and there's no way I could pay you back. But my plan is to show you that I understand. You are appreciated. Mamas, come on, let's give it up one more time. (laughs) Well, well, you know, he's a hip-hop poet. I'm I'm tripping up here today. I'm 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 2 Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy chapter 1. <clears throat> Put all my kidding aside because there is a word from the Lord. But I love mamas. And I'm going to show y'all why mamas are so special and important. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 3 through 7. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 3 through 7. I want to give honor and respect to the work that has been going on here in our community that has been launched from this church uh, through the ministry efforts of Love Detroit, God bless Love Detroit. they have been here all week long, ministering and pouring out the love of Jesus Christ, and they'll be here for another week. And I'm so happy that so many of of you, uh, Revival Tabernacle, that that have engaged and played a part in the ministry outreach, the prayer that goes on, the worship that goes on. Many of you don't know, but there's been 24 hours a day, seven days a week, prayer and worship going on right here. In this sanctuary, as teams go out to touch this community, touch the city of Detroit, I mean, they're down at, they're catching people coming out of the bars, they're they're, they're going to the casino, I mean, they're on the people mover, they're going to be on the queue, on the queue line this week, I'm telling you, it's just just a powerful thing to see the church actually being the church, y'all ain't saying nothing to me, I'm saying to see the church being the church and reaching people who are far from God and drawing them closer to him by his love. So we thank God for Brother Aaron and Brother Ad- and Sister Adrian Jackson and the entire team from all over the country. People are here from all over the country uh, taking part in what God is doing. And so we are so thankful for that. 2 Timothy chapter 1 verses 3 through 7. This is Paul talking to his spiritual son, Timothy, and he says, I thank God. Now, if it wasn't Mother's Day, I'd preach just on those three words alone. I thank God. Anybody in here thankful today? Oh, come on. If you're really thankful, come on. Just tell them thank you today. I thank God whom I serve with a pure conscience as my forefathers did, as without ceasing. I remember you in my prayers night and day, greatly desiring to see you, being mindful of your tears that I may be filled with joy. When I call to remembrance the genuine faith, watch this, when I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother, Lois, and your mother, Eunice, I am and I am persuaded is in you also. Therefore, I remind you, Timothy, to stir up the gift of God, which is in you, through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power. Somebody say power. Power. And of love. Somebody say love. And of a sound mind. Somebody say sound mind. Amen. Point of emphasis is I'm going to really kind of draw where I'm going to be. Hopefully it won't be before you long, but verse 5, what it says, When I call to remembrance the genuine faith, or some translations say the sincere faith, the genuine faith or the sincere faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother and in your mother, and I am persuaded is in you also. I want to be careful this morning. I, let me give you my title. Uh, look at somebody and say, Mama. Or look at a mama and tell And t- It'd be kind of weird if you're talking to a man. So let's just fix that. Look at, look at somebody and say, look at a mama and say, Mama. You got it. So give it. See, y'all may have been talking to the wrong mama. Find another mama somewhere else. Find another mama somewhere else. And look at him in the face and say, Mama. You got it, so give it. Now, see, y'all do this to me every single week. Look at somebody else across the room. Find somebody else across the room. Make some eye contact and say, "Mama, Mama, you got it, so give it. Come on and put those hands together for Jesus. You got it, so give it. I also want to be careful this morning and not... And, and, and hear me good when I say this, not to clump all the mothers into one general group. Because I realize that while some mothers gave birth to their first child, or in Sister Sharp's case, her 10th child this year, <laughs> we thank God for her <laughs> and the entire Sharp family. Other mothers lost a child this year either through miscarriages, maybe through failed adoptions, or even murder in these dangerous streets. I want you to know that this day is for you. Many women are walking difficult paths of infertility and have had to fight with pokes, prods, tears, and disappointments. I want you to know that this day is for you. I understand that many mothers have close relationships with their children while others experience and suffer heartache, disappointment, and distance with their own children. I want you to know today that this day is for you. Many have lost their mothers, whether it be before or even during this year. I want you to know that this day is still for you. There are many mothers who are stepmoms, and that can be a very complex path. But I want you to know that this day is for you. And even for those of you who may find yourself in round two of parenting as you raise your grandchildren, that grandson or that granddaughter, I want you to know that this day is for you. Wherever you are and whatever stage you are in in life, I want you to know that here at Revival Tabernacle, you are welcome, you are appreciated, and you are seen. And most of all, you're needed within the body of Christ on Mother's Day and every day. Can we just give another big round of applause for the mothers? You know, down through the years, my mom, like most moms, um, taught us some important lessons, life lessons. Here's just a list of some of the things that my mom and and moms in general have taught us as we were growing up. Let's see if you can identify with some of these. Uh, My mom taught us religion, Uh, but but she kind of did it in a a, a different way. I mean, yes, she did it through the Word of God, but we also found religion in this way. Like when... When, when I spilled grape juice on the carpet, uh, she, she, she told us, you better pray that this thing is going to come out. You better pray that this thing is going to come out. Some of you may have had mothers that taught you logic, like my mother. She taught us logic, uh, uh, in so much so to where whenever we would ask questions and say, well, why, why, why? She would give us the answer, and it was logical, because I said so. That's why. Other mothers taught us foresight, you know, foresight. I heard this one from from friends down for the years. Make sure you wear your clean underwear. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about, yeah. Why? Because just in case you get in an accident, yeah, yeah. Other mothers taught us irony. My mama taught me irony. She said, keep laughing here, and I'll give you something to cry about. (laughs) Irony. Mama also taught us stamina. Said, you gonna sit here and eat all your vegetables until every last one of them is gone. And then many of us have also learned the circle of life from our mothers when they would look at us and tell us, I bought you in this world, and I'll take you out. (laughs) Glad to have Mama Gwen, my mama's best friend for, man, over 50 years probably, right? She's here, just, she was Damon's godmama, and then she recently became all of our godmamas. Because <laughs> I didn't have a godmama growing up, and I was telling my mama, I, said, I, feel, I feel some kind of way about that. <laughs> she said, well, Gwen going to be your godmama too. <laughs> so thank you. But not only are life lessons, are there life lessons that mothers have taught us, but I've discovered, listen to me good, I've discovered that mothers change. Yeah, they change. I mean, being a parent causes things to change, but being a parent also changes with each baby that you have. And I discovered this because, uh, you know, we adopted Kaylin and then my wife and then Courtney had Reagan, but I watched my sister Sherita and, you know, every child was a little bit different. Every pregnancy was a little bit different. And, 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 and I, not, not just her, but several of you all around here. I, I've kind of looked at things and I've kind of observed some things. And, and, and you know what was interesting? Well, here's some things that have changed by, from the first baby to the second baby to the third. Uh, your clothes change. You know, first baby, you begin wearing maternity clothes the moment the doctor told you that you were pregnant. I mean, I mean, I mean, my wife was the same way. I mean, the moment the, moment the doctor confirmed me, she was pregnant, I mean, she was, you know, putting on the different stuff. Second baby came on, you tried to wear your regular clothes as long as possible. And then by that third baby, your maternity clothes were your regular clothes. You just, just all kind of worked together. Even when you prepared for birth. By that first baby, you practice your breathing regularly. I mean rig- rigorously. <laughs> 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 by that second baby, you don't even bother practicing because you remember the last time breathing didn't do a thing. <laughs> and then by that third baby, you ask for the epidural by by month number eight. And then the clothes, oh, the baby's clothes? Oh, listen, the first, you pre-washed everything. All the newborn clothes, color-coordinated stuff in the closet, folded them nice and neatly and put them in the drawer where everything was to be kept. By that second baby, you was checking for spots, and if it was anything it was a real dark spot, you discarded it, but as long as it looked good, you was fine. And by that third baby, you had was like, boys can wear pink, can't they? Oh, and then your worries begin to change. All your worries change. I mean, by the first baby, at the first sign of a whimper, first sign of a frown, the first sign of anything, you ran and picked that baby up. By that second baby, you picked that baby up when you hear the wailing threaten to wake up that firstborn. <laughs> but then by that third baby, oh... You was teaching your three-year-old how to wind up the uh, mechanical swing and keep the party going. And <laughs> let's not even talk about the pacifier. Oh, the pacifier. Oh, that first baby, if the pacifier hit the floor. Guess what? You put it away until you got home, and you boiled it with some water <laughs> to make sure that it was clean. When that second baby got here... When the pacifier fell on the floor, guess what you did? You you squirt a little water out the baby's bottle just to wipe it off. But then by that third baby, oh, Lord, help us, Jesus. You wiped it off on your shirt and popped it right back in the baby's mouth. Now, I thought these were funny until I remembered that I was baby number three. Some of y'all sitting out here, y'all was baby number two and three yourself, so y'all shouldn't be laughing at me. Yeah, yeah, tripping. Going out became a whole nother thing. Had that first made first time you go out? You calling that babysitter, you calling your mama, whoever was keeping the baby, calling them like every five minutes. How's how she doing? Is everything okay? Second baby, just before you walk out the door, you remember to leave the number where you can be reached. <laughs> By that third baby, you were saying, listen, don't call me unless you see blood. <laughs> just, just. <laughs> even, even your home life changes. Home life changes. I mean, like, at that first baby, you spend a a, a good bit of time every single day just gazing at the baby. Oh, you're so sweet. Look at you. Second child, you spend about every day watching to be sure that the oldest child isn't squeezing the other child too hard or poking or hitting the baby. By that third baby, though, you spend a little bit more time each every day trying to hide from all the children. Sometimes me and Courtney, I like that. She's like, listen, I'm like, where are you? I'm in the bathroom. (laughs) The bathroom becomes me time now. (laughs) Try to just get away for a moment. Have some (laughs) woosah. But the truth is, mothers have a powerful influence on their children. I'm going to say it again. I said, mothers have a powerful influence on their children. And it's reflected in the amount of attention that mothers get that fathers don't ever receive. I mean, let's, let's talk about it, brothers. Let's, let's have a moment here. I mean, there are more cards from Hallmark sold and sent to mothers than Father's Day. And there are more phone calls made on Mother's Day to moms than there are to fathers on Father's Day. One man complained about this. One man complained about this and he said that he literally poured out his life to raise his son. He taught him how to play baseball, football, basketball, took him hunting, took him fishing, taught him how to drive. And then when the boy went off to college and played ball for his college team, the network television cameras began to focus on his son. And after all that father did for him, you know what that son said when the network television cameras got focused on him? He had the nerve to say, hi, mom. (laughs) After all that father had did for him. Here's my first point. And I'll say it again. Moms have a powerful influence on the lives of their children. Moms have a powerful influence on the lives of their children. Well, the Bible tells several stories about women that give us deep insights into what moms are capable and willing to do for their children. For example, Rebecca, the mother of Jacob, she manipulated her husband to make sure Jacob received the blessing instead of his brother Esau. My God, today, Moses' mother, Jochebed to avoid having him killed by Pharaoh's uh, death squads. He and her baby as long as she could. Then she placed him in an ark and placed him in the uh, uh, bushes near where Pharaoh's daughter bathed. And finally, she arranged to become her son's teacher and guardian, even when he was taken into Pharaoh's court. Then there were the story of the two women. I, I remember hearing the story when I was a little boy in Sunday school story about the two women who argued over a child in front of King Solomon. One mother said the child was hers. The other insisted that it was hers. When Solomon ordered that the baby be cut into two and half given to each woman, the false mother was delighted. But the real mother was willing to surrender her child rather than to have that child killed. Then when you get over into the New Testament The mother of James and John, we see her approaching Jesus, attempting to influence him to have her two sons occupy the right side and the left side in the kingdom of God. Again and again, all throughout Scripture, mothers are shown as driven to protect and to promote their children. These mothers want their children to do more than just survive they want their children to succeed. And I'm thankful today because we got mothers that are willing to do all that they can to make sure that their children succeed. Amen. In fact, in fact, women have been the driving force in the success of their sons and daughters. And I believe it's because God himself has placed within women the powerful desire to protect and promote their children and make them do well in life. That's a mom. Mothers have often sacrificed just about everything to make sure that their children succeed in school, sports, in the finding of a good career or in making sure they marry the right kind of person when they grow up. Mothers are often the individuals to mold and to shape their children's character and their future. Paul even recognized this in our text. In 1 Timothy chapter 1, 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 5. He recognized this when he told Timothy that he had been reminded of his sincere faith, which first lived in his grandmother and in his mother. First lived in his grandmother, Lois, and in his mother, Eunice. In other words, Timothy was the kind of man that he was because of the kind of mother and grandmother that he had. I'm trying to get somewhere. It was their faith and love for God that shaped Timothy into being the powerful man of God and servant of Jesus Christ that he was which takes me to my next point. Or well, really it's just a, an expound on my first point which is what this tells me is that women have the amazing potential to affect the lives of their children and grandchildren. Listen mothers, this is an awesome responsibility. It's an awesome responsibility and it should not be taken lightly. I read this 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 section or excerpt from a book a while back. It was from Dave Thomas, the owner of Wendy's. He wrote in his book, Well Done. He says, when I was 11 years old, my adoptive grandmother took me to Michigan's Gull Lake to be baptized by by immersion. I really felt that I was accepted by God when I was baptized. But what I remember the most about my baptism was that my grandmother, Minnie, made it happen for me. For her, Christianity would meant more than doctrine you talk about on Sundays. It meant teaching her grandson about faith in her everyday life. A, A godly mother or grandmother can and will make it happen for their children. But listen, you can only make it happen if you make God the central focus of their lives and make him their main priority by shaping the lives for their kids. There was a story about a mother and a son who stopped their car on a busy highway and they watched this mother duck lead her duckling safely across to the other side of the road. But the story went on to say this, it said, that it said that when the mother duck confidently continued up the street, she approached a gutter that led down to the sewer. The mother duck, seeing no problem with the gutter, wove over its grated cover with her large webbed feet. She failed to realize that her little ones were much smaller, yet the babies faithfully followed her mother and one by one, they fell in in between the cracks of the sewer grate. Plop, plop, plop. Everyone in their cars hearts just began to sink as they watched the mother duck boldly lead on, thinking that her babies were safely behind, following her in stride. I believe there's something to be learned here, because I believe that it's possible for a mother to strive and strain and even in some cases struggle to lead her child to safety on the other side of life's road and ultimately fail to accomplish her goal because it's possible for her to make sure that her sons or daughters are successful in school, successful in sports, successful in their careers or successful in their marriages and still fail to give their sons and their daughters the most important direction that they can give. And that is, and I'll paraphrase Mark chapter uh, 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 8 verse 36, which says, what should it profit a man to gain the whole wide world and lose his soul? Well, I want to say to you today, what can it profit a boy, son or a daughter to gain the whole wide world and lose their souls? My point is this. It's possible to love your child so much that you want to make them the best that this world can offer and fail to make sure that they have the best that God has to offer. The tragedy would be for our children to have bookcases loaded with these awards and trophies. Wars lined with diplomas and certificates and achievements. And don't get me wrong, all those things are great. But for them to have all of that, but to have their hearts empty and void of God and faith, that's the true tragedy. That's the true tragedy. A mother's influence, a mother's influence is powerful in the lives of their children. I look at so many, so many people in my life. I, I, I look at my own wife and look at how her mom has influenced her and when she's up against battles and I, I try to be there like, hey, come to me. And she comes to me, and I, try and I say, I'm giving her the best that I got. And I, and I walk away from that situation feeling real good. And later on, I hear her talking to her mama. <laughs> like, didn't I just give you? And I used to get offended at that. But then I had to realize, this is all a part of God's design. <laughs> Thank God she has a mother that she can call on, that she can run things by. But because the Bible says there's safety in a multitude of counsel. God forbid she only talks to me. What I mean, what is that? I blow it. <laughs> I have blown it. And I will continue to blow it. Thank God she ain't given up on me yet. <laughs> But, I, but I'm thankful that she has that connection with a mother. I, I, I mean, I look, I look across this audience, my mom, my Aunt Marilyn, and, and the connection that they have with, with my grandmother is powerful. I look at Sherita and the connection she has with her mom is It's powerful. I mean, there are times when, especially during pregnancy times when, I mean, because of because of some things that that Sharita may deal with, and her mom will come up, fly from Atlanta, and let me tell you something, it's like she has the S on her chest and the cape on her back. And I'm telling you, once she gets ready to leave, Sharita is back up on her feet and she's ready to face the world. Why? Because of the influence that the mama has on that child. This last time I, I I noticed a trend. And I got on the phone, I called around and said, listen, you need to pay for a plane ticket to get Mom up here. But that's what it is. And so many of you in this room, you guys have, 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 have stories and, 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 and connections and you can draw from the influence that a mother, whether it may not even be your biological mom, but a mother in the faith has had on your life when you call upon them and they begin to pour into your life and you'll begin to see how things happen. But it's important that we understand that it's not just about making them successful in life, but successful in the kingdom of God. Because the last thing that we want is to have children that are decorated with all these different type of things. You could have a child with a whole lot of letters behind their name, but if, they have, if they've gained this whole wide world and they've lost their soul, it matters not. But Timothy didn't have that problem. Here's my next point. Timothy didn't have that problem. Timothy had a godly mother and a godly grandmother who had their priorities straight. Lord, help me here. Timothy had a mother and a grandmother who handed down what the Bible calls sincere faith. Sincere faith. And they gave Timothy something that was precious in God's sight. Let me tell you something. We may not have had all the money in the world, But what my grandmother and my mother handed down to me will last me for all of eternity. Because they taught me what it means to pray through. They taught me that my knee-jerk reaction, my my default response should not be to go and cuss somebody out, but begin to talk to Jesus and tell him all about my problems. And won't he hear my faintest cry, and he will answer by and by. They taught me the importance of keeping that prayer wheel turning. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me in this place. And I'm thankful today because I have that on the inside of me. And let me tell you something, mothers, you may have thought that, man, I, man, I've blown it. I didn't really do this thing right. Let me tell you something, it's not too late to start. You can begin doing the things that God has instructed you to do by placing them on the inside of your children and making sure they have the things. You may say, well, I don't have no 401k, I don't have no life insurance policy. Let me tell you something, forget about all that. Begin to give them the word of God, begin to give them what it means to pray. Begin to give them what it means to seek him while he may be found, to call upon him while he is near. Because in the time of trouble, when you can't be found, they will know that they have an answer and his name is Jesus. And as a result, they gave this young man, Timothy, an inheritance that would last forever. An inheritance that would still be his long after this world, the world's awards and, awards and honors have turned to dust. Court and I, we were cleaning out our basement and she came across all of my awards. Yeah, wasn't many, <laughs> but they were special to me. All my Gusmacker basketball trophies. Anybody remember Gusmacker? Yeah, so some of y'all remember Gusmacker. All of my leadership awards in college and high school diploma and certificates that I would get through, from the city, from the mayor's office. All these things that I had accumulated and I was proud of. As I began reading this, I said, you know, what I mean? and, and, and I told her, don't throw that stuff away. <laughs> now, now, mind you, they are in our basement in a box, never to be seen or displayed ever. You know, I mean, it's, it's, not, it's not like Courtney's master degree certificate that she got from MSU. I mean, all my stuff, like she, she has, I had that beautifully matted, because I was just proud that she stuck with school. Even in our marriage, she went, to, she went to school and got her master's degree in child development. I was proud of that, went and got it matted. We put it up on the wall in the den, right there in the office, but you know what? All my stuff is down in a box. <laughs> I'm telling you. And, 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 and we're cleaning out the, the basement, trying to throw stuff out, get it cleared up. And I said, don't throw my stuff away. <laughs> I want that. And then she hit me with the question, why? <laughs> and what you gonna do with this? They've been in the same box since we moved into this house. Now we're talking about moving and they're still down here in the same box. And though I may wanna hold on to them, it really matters not. Because the thing that I have on display is what's really important, and that's my faith in God. Let me tell you this. we realize that cultivating a spiritual foundation in our children goes beyond some of the things that we may see. But the kind of motivation that drove Timothy's mother and grandmother, that's the kind of mindset that inspired them to make sure that Timothy had a sincere faith. Now, I want to share with y'all my next point, which is, how do they do it? Because that's what I want to know. As I raise my six-year-old and my soon-to-be two-year-old, I want to know, how did Timothy's grandmother and mother do it for them? And y'all know what? I got the answer. Can I tell y'all? Oh, y'all don't want to know. Can I tell y'all? Oh, y'all don't want to know. Can can I tell y'all? Oh, y'all don't want to know. I'm going to tell y'all anyway. Lean in. Lean in. Lean in. I got the answer. Watch this. How did they do it? Here's the answer. I don't know how they did it. (laughs) I don't know how they did it. But what I can tell you, is I know how my mama did it. And I know how my grandmother did it. And I'm going to tell you all about that. can't tell you about Lois and Eunice, but I can tell you about Mary Frances and Carolyn. Can I talk about Mary Frances and Carolyn for a moment? Because I don't know Lois and Eunice, but I do know Mary Frances and Carolyn. See, here's the first thing that I know of how my mama and my grandmama did it for me. Uh, they quoted Bible verses to me and challenged me to read and memorize the Word of God. I, I remember the day like it was yesterday when we started having to walk to school and having to ride the bus to school. And sometimes, sometimes we were on, you know, two, 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 maybe three buses because of how the route went. Or maybe we maybe would we just walk, and we'd be walking through the neighborhood. And I remember when uh, news reports would start coming on, and they would talk about child abduction. And they would talk about how how, how, how stranger danger alert started kind of happening. I remember like it was yesterday, my mom coming to me and Duran. Damon was already out of school at this point, but me and Duran were still in school. And my mama came to us and said, y'all are going to read every single day Psalms 91. I said, what, what? Why? <laughs> because you need to begin to declare the protection of God over your life every single day. I remember this like it was yesterday. And so I got my little red Bible. Now, this is funny about my little red Bible. Sidebar. You know, my little red Bible, <laughs> on the spine of it, I was proud of the little red Bible. On the spine of it, uh, you know, sometimes, how many people have been, have been guilty of reading things too fast? I, I I read something too fast. On the spine, it said it, it 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 had some words, and I remember going to church, and I was sitting in church next to my cousin Sean, who was going on to be with the Lord. That was Monty Maryland's son. I was uh, I was there in church. My granddad was preaching. I had my I had my little red Bible, and uh, you know you know how 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 the words of of Jesus were like written in red when everything else was written in black, and and so and so. I thought on the spine of the Bible, it said, because, my, because my, my Bible was red, I thought it said red leather edition. I thought it said red leather edition. And I, I pointed out to Sean, like, yeah, I got my red Bible, red leather, red leather edition. And Sean was looking at me like... And it wasn't until I got home later that I looked at it again And it said red letter edition, meaning that the words of Jesus were in red. And it had nothing to do with my Bible being leather because it was not leather at all. It was just (laughs) some type of, I digress. I'm sorry. All right. Let me get back. So I began opening that Bible and I began reading every single morning Psalms 91 until that word got into my spirit. And I begin to quote and to begin to declare, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge, my God. My, in him will I trust. Surely he will deliver me from the stare of the fowler, from the noise and pestilence. And I, and I begin to get those verses in my spirit. And, I, and as I would begin to read it every single day, it became, it became natural for me to, to remember it and to memorize it. And I began to quote those verses over me. And, and, and even when I would go down the street and I would be, begin to sense danger, I would begin to say, He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Because he's my protector. He's my shield and my buckler. A thousand shall fall at thy right side and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Only with thy eyes wilt thou see, and, 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 and only with thine eyes will thou see the reward of the wicked. For he has, for he has, for he has known my name and he has and he has set me set me up on high. And for that reason I will praise him, because he shall deliver me from all of my fears. Begin to begin to quote those verses, and they became a part of who I was. It was because my mama made sure that the word of God was a priority in our life. I remember her telling me, you're going to learn Psalms 100. I mean, she, it, it, it wasn't a, hey, you want to make $5? No, 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 no. This, was, this is what we're going to do. Because this is what's important in life getting this word on the inside. And I would begin reading. I, I, I should, at that time, I couldn't even read, but she would say it to me over and over and over again. And I would uh, uh, just remember based off what she would say. And then I would say, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. All ye lands, serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Knowing either that the Lord, he is God. It is he that has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise, being thankful unto him and bless his name because the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endures throughout all generations. Let me tell you something. I was five or six years old when she began quoting that to me, but I'm 37 today and that word is still on the inside of me. Got to make the word of God a priority. The second thing that that they did, again, I don't know Lois and Eunice, but I do know Mary, Friends, and Carolyn. One of the things that they would always make sure that they did for us is that they prayed for me. And I'm telling you, moms, let me tell you something. Here's one thing that you can do pray for your children. And don't stop praying for your children. It doesn't matter what the situation looks like. It doesn't matter how far bad it is. Let me tell you something. There is nothing too hard for our God. And you all heard last year, I was blessed to have my grandmother up here, and she preached to us on last Mother's Day, and she began to share her testimony of how she had wayward children, wayward sons, all three of them out, drugs, alcohol, living a life of, 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 of just of just riotous living, in jail. But let me tell you something. She never stopped praying. She never stopped fasting. She never stopped believing that God would begin to turn their lives around and every single last one of them end up coming and giving their hearts to the Lord and preaching the gospel two of them have gone on to be with the Lord and one of them is still doing it to this day down in Georgia you can't tell me what prayer is not able to do prayer is powerful my mama prayed for me and to be honest she still prays for me and for my brothers and for our wives and for her grandchildren She prays for our families. She prays about our relationship with God. She prays for this church. And she never hid praying in the spirit from us either. Mamas, you got it. So give it. You got it. So give it. My mama taught us what it means to be be an intercessor. And how to pray until something happened. Not complain until something happened. Not gossip until something happens. But to pray until something happened. Not only did they teach us and instill in us the word of God. Not only did she instill in me the power of prayer. But they also instilled in me the, the, the importance of being involved in ministry. Oh. One of my mom's ministries unto the Lord was singing in and directing the choir. And she made sure that each of us, all three of her boys, joined her in that ministry. Whether we wanted to or not, Damon was in the choir. I was in the choir. Duran was in the choir. Now, Duran didn't like it so much, so he quickly learned how to play an instrument. <laughs> he said, well, listen, if, if, if all I got to do is play the drums to get into this, and that, that's how Duran started playing the drums. And then he went on to play the violin. And then he went on to play the piano. Now he's an accomplished musician known all over the world. But what's amazing is she instilled that in us when we were little boys in the church. Every Sunday morning, I would watch my mother flagging, bringing in the planes. Usher, I mean, you know, just doing doing what she was doing. My mother direct the choir. I watched her direct the choir later on in my life. There I was directing choirs. I watched my mom lead songs with the choir. Later on in my life, there I was leading songs with the choir. I watched my mom lead praise and worship at the church. And there I was later on in my life leading praise and worship in the church. I watched my mom tend to the affairs and the business of the church. And here I am later on in my life tending to the affairs and the business of the church. My question for you today is, what are your children seeing you do for the Lord? What are your children seeing you do for the Lord? And let me tell you something, you'll be surprised. You don't even have to say much. Just begin doing, and your influence of what they see is a powerful thing. You don't have to listen to this message and think, well, my mama didn't do that. My grandmama didn't do that. Well, let it start with you. Let it start with you. You be the grandmother that that some grandchild is talking about saying, my grandmama Kenya made sure that we was in church. You be the grandmother that some granddaughter is talking about and saying, my grandmama uh, uh, Sherry made sure that I was in church. She made sure I got baptized. She made sure I understood what it means to pray and to read my word. You know what else Mama did? Mama and Grandma, they modeled faith for me, and I'm almost done. I'm, I'm, they modeled faith for me. See, I always knew, I always knew where Mama stood as it relates to her faith in God and her love for His church. There was never any question about it. My Grandma didn't miss service. She was always there. My mama didn't skip out on church. She was always there. Now, don't get me wrong. Dad was a godly man too. But it was mom who communicated her faith to me in ways that sometimes men have a hard time doing. And I believe that a mother Who makes this a priority in in their lives can do more to place their sincere faith into the hearts of their children than even the best of men ever could. Hear me good now. Don't tune me out, man. Because, see, 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 a lot of times, and we live in a society where, hey, listen, let's just face it, our homes are broken. The family dynamic is broken. We got moms raising children all by themselves. And, and I hear the cry of, of, of single moms, and my goodness, can we just give a great big round of applause to all the single moms. Oh, come on, everybody needs to be, I mean, come on, give it up. Come on, give it up for all the single mamas. All the single moms, and, I, and I'm gonna tell you why. I'm gonna tell you why. Because a few weeks ago, Courtney got sick. We need to do it again. Let's thank God for the single moms. I'm telling you. I mean, to have to get the kids ready for school. I mean, just for those couple days, I was just off. I was off. I was just, I was just off. I tried to serve as best I could. I said, hey, listen, I just need you to get well. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just need it. It's not that I can't do it, but I'm just off right now. I need, I need some more rounds of practice at this. But I believe... The, this potential is why mothers have such a treasured place in the hearts of so many of their children as they grow up. There was a story about four preachers, and they were talking about their each of their favorite translation of the Bible. And one 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 minister he says, "Well, you know, I like the King James version the best because it's simple, beautiful, old English." Another one said, I like the New American version best because it's, it's closer to the original Hebrew and Greek. Another person says, Well, I like the commentary version because it's up to date vocabulary. The fourth minister was silent for a moment, then he says, I like my mama's translation the best. <laughs> All the other gentlemen ministers were surprised. And they said, well, I didn't know your mama translated the Bible. And he said, oh, yes. She translated it into life. And it was the most convincing translation that I've ever read or seen. How are you modeling this before your children? Everyone stand. I'm done. Mama, you got it, so give it. You have an influence like no other, so give it. You have a power like no other, so give it. You have a way and a tenderness like nobody else. So give it. There are things that you can say that will change the entire complexion of your children's day. So give it. I remember my mom. I don't know. I think she stopped at a a girlfriend's house and me and Daron were in the car and I had this ambition to get out of my seat and get into the front seat in the driver's seat. You remember this, Mama? Yeah. And, and, I, and I shifted the gear and we began going backwards. I mean, I, I, was, I was six, seven years old, no more, no, no, no older than eight years old. And we began driving backwards. My mama was on the porch of this house and I don't know what the friend said but mama turned around and I mean I saw her jump <laughs> and she began running and thank God it was, a, it was a summer day and the window was down but she caught up with that I mean supernatural strength, <laughs> speed and agility overcame her and she was another person and she was able to get us and that vehicle stopped when we got home <laughs> and then my dad got home and I could hear her I was, I was, I w- I was in the basement but I could hear her in the distance telling him what had gone on through the day. And boy, my dad got me that day. You know how your parents used to whip you, you know, with every word. Didn't I tell you never? That's two two syllables in one word. And I heard my mother all right, Dave, that's enough. And it called him off. Thank you. (laughs) What I'm trying to tell y'all is, mothers, you have a powerful influence. You can even save the lives. I wouldn't be standing here today, I don't think <laughs> if Mama hadn't called off and said, "All right, Dave, that's enough. Some of you mothers are here today. And maybe it's not maybe it's not their father whooping them with the belt. <laughs> Maybe this life is just beating them down. Mothers, you have the power to talk to their father and begin to intercede on their behalf. You can talk to the father and the father call it off. But see, you waste so much of your time and energy focused on the wrong thing. But I encourage you today. Let's get focused on the right thing. You have a power. You have an influence that God has given you He hasn't given to anybody else. Everyone just lift those hands up right where you stand. Especially our mothers. I I, I want you all just to begin. This morning I I, I made phone calls to bunch of different mothers, mothers in our church, talk to them, wish them happy Mother's Day. Man, I tell you, there's so many people that are just going through, and in this place today, we have so many people that are just going, that have heavy hearts and going through so many things, but today, we're going to release it. Today, I want to remind you of the influence and the power that you have, mothers, because you have a father and you can go to him in prayer and he will begin to lift things on your behalf. So come on all over this room, all over the, just begin praying, just begin praying, begin praying, begin praying. Lift your voices, lift your voices, come on, come on. This house is a house of prayer. And so today we lean and we depend on you. Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, come on all over this room, all over this room, begin praying, begin praying. Pray for your children, pray for children, even if you don't have any biological children, pray for children that you may know, pray for, pray for loved ones, begin to pray, begin to activate and stir up that gift that's only inside of you. You may feel as though you've given up. Let me tell you something. You I mean you may feel as though you failed and that you're at the point of ready to just give up. Can I just tell you, don't give up because you're not a failure. You may have felt that you've made mistakes. But, moms, you have not made a mistake. God's love is so amazing. that he never gives up on you and it never runs out on you. And though you may have fallen many times, he's reminding you today that his grace is sufficient. His strength is made perfect in weakness. And all you have to do is cry out to him. So Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for every mother that's in this place today. I thank you for their influence. Thank you for their tenderness. Thank you for their sensitivity. I thank you, O oh God, for how you have comprised them and made them up. God, I thank you, O oh God, for the influence that they have had on the generations that have followed them. And, God, we pray right now in the mighty name of Jesus, God, that you would begin to encourage women in this place. God, there are so many women in this place who feel forgotten, who feel left out, who feel like they don't matter. But, God, I I speak against the voice of the enemy. And we declare right now, God, that they are daddy's little girl, that they are the apple of your eye. And that, God, you care about them and the things that concern them. And you promise to perfect everything that concerns them. And so, God, no matter where they are in the stage of their life, no matter where any of these women are in the stages of their life, oh, God, whether they are mothers, whether they are trying to be mothers or or have been, have been struggling with, with, with fertility and, and different things of, of, of that nature, oh God. God, we pray right now, God, that you in your awesome power would begin to comfort them right now and begin to speak life to them right now. God, we are thankful today that you encourage us not to just pray small prayers, but to pray big prayers. And so today we pray big prayers today. God, we pray big prayers today, oh God. We pray for the salvation of lost children. We pray, oh God, that those that are lost will be found in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. God, we pray for every mother, oh God, who may feel alone and abandoned, oh God. God, give them to know, God, that you are with them, that you are right by their side, oh God. And that the moment they thought everything was falling apart, God, that you were right there holding it all together for them. God, we're giving them the gentle reminder, God, that you love them. And there is nothing that they can do that would cause you to stop loving them. Thank you that your love is so great. Thank you that your love is so rich. Thank you today for these amazing mothers and the gift that you have placed on the inside of each and every one of them. And God, we are thankful today. We are thankful today. We are thankful today. Oh, come on, RT. Come on, let's just begin to thank God. Let's thank him. Thank him. Community at Revival Tabernacle aims to reach our city and beyond with the life changing message of Jesus. Thank you for your support. If you want to further connect with us, you can find us online at www.revivaltab.org.